Welcome back to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is a podcast to help you save the best and burn the rest of your culture and faith practices. <laughs> Absolutely. And today we're continuing our second part. We're, we're doing the second part to last week's <laughs> episode. So make sure you go back. But it's so we did like we're doing seven steps to bring change to your church. Last week we did four steps. We covered a lot of ground. And this mm. week we're doing the last three because these ones they take a little bit more explaining. Yes. Um, so Exciting. and there's I'm one excited. in particular we have a wealth of information to give you. Um, oh yeah. So so um <laughs> make sure you listen to last week's episode um because you can't honestly you cannot do these three steps without doing the first four in my humble opinion. No way. No way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But before we get into that, we're going to do our question of the week. Question of the week. And so our question of the week again comes from the subreddit called Ask Reddit, and this is from a user, um, user Yada 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 Yarv. No, oh no, sorry, Yada Yada Yadarv. Mm. That's a great username. Tale as old as time. Yada yada yadarv, yada yada yadarv. Anyway, okay. It's like somebody uh, was somebody was like calling their kid Dave, and they just had a stroke. <laughs> That's horrible. You're Dave. You're Dave. You did yada yada yada. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Um, okay. So from yada 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 yav, um, the question. Oh, actually, no. Sorry, that was the. Yeah, that, that was, was not the question. That was the user. <laughs> Yeah, so, and the question was, what makes you statistically rare? Mm. What makes us, actually, both of us statistically rare, but I'll just speak for me um, for now, is being a young, white, Adventist male pastor. Um, even it's in true. Even, mm. even in the general Christian world, the average age for a pastor is, I think, like 53, 54, I think. That's like the median age. So being 26 and, you know, young and, and white as well um, is also quite rare, especially in New Zealand where, you know, there are a lot of Pacific Islanders in New Zealand and that's great. And we need a lot of Pacific Island pastors to pastor our Pacific Island churches. But the Caucasian church in New Zealand especially, um, where the I think Josh and I in North New Zealand at least are the only two white male pastors under the age of thirty, I believe. Um, so it wasn't always like that, but as of right now, I think that's true. Really, I don't even. I'm pretty sure the next person that I'm aware of is um, a friend of mine from Hawkes Bay, and he is in his thirties. What about Ben Reynolds? How old is he? He may, he may... He's, he's the next. Surely he's the next one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he's about to turn 30. <laughs> he's out of the club. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. So it's either two or three of us then. So ben oh, Reynolds, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. And even in Australia, the, you know, in my, when I was studying, there weren't that many young... Yeah. Statistically, statistically, pastors, the average age of a, of a pastor, even in, in, our, in our faith tradition, is still very old, which is interesting because in the next 10 to 20 years, there is going to be enormous, enormous turnover of pastors retiring, um, which I think is going to hit the church quite hard because the amount of pastors who are going to need to retire versus the amount of young pastors who are graduating from um, higher education to go into this field, I don't know if 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 the supply is going to be able to meet the demand. So interesting. interesting. Um, yeah, I hope I hope it does certainly, but it we'll see how it, we'll see how it happens. Well, I guess on that tangent, what makes me statistically rare is so there are a lot of pastors' kids in the world because pastors have kids, but not that many of them. Uh, not that many of the pastors. Uh, of the kids are their mums. Most of the time it's their dads. So, hmm. 
Yeah, I'm uh, one of the very few pastor's kids whose mum is a pastor, but then I'm also a pastor. It's very, yeah. pretty rare, I think. Well, at least in our tradition. I don't, I don't know about the rest of the church world, but... Yeah, pastor's kids are often seen as kind of like the rebel kids because they're, you know, pushing back against the expectations and the unfair sort of treatment that a lot of pastor's kids get. So they end up either leaving Christianity or they end up going, yeah, there's no way in hell that I'm ever going to go down the same pathway as my parents, you know, because of everything that they've seen. Hmm. So uh, shout out to all the pastor's kids out there, you PKs. I love you guys. <laughs> Did, you ever go to, fa- Did you ever go hmm? to PK camps and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Anyway, that's a whole lot of another. That's a whole uh, a whole set. What am I? What am I, what is happening in my mouth today? What, that is a whole another set of stories for another time. <laughs> you have good words, Josh. Your words are the best. Your words are Thanks. probably the greatest words that have ever been worded. I speaky spoke. Anyway, <laughs> um, so on to the the real content of the day. Um, how are my week's going? No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> um, all right. So we're going to continue our seven steps to bring change into your church or your seven steps to start a revolution, whatever you want to do. Um, again, a reminder, what we're talking about today, um, you could misuse this information. So asking you to please cover everything you do in prayer because that was the first step. Mm. Go back and listen to it. Um, yep. But yeah. Also, I mean, use the information we're giving you wisely. We're really giving you this from the, the pastor's inside scoop on it all okay guys here is the scoop <laughs> yeah um so yeah we really encourage you i mean definitely use this information but just use responsibility do we want to really quickly uh recap on our uh, steps from last week okay i'd rather people go back and listen to it do you want to recap all right we'll just do it very quickly number one as josh said pray um that's where you really have to start get into the um, get into the space where you see what God wants to, you to see and how God sees your church. Um, then number two, attend, be present, show up, engage. Uh, number three, uh, sort of like an extension of number two, sit in the front row, engage, um, set the culture, set the tone, set the mood during your worship gatherings. And that does really go a long way to help um, to help establish not just you as somebody who is engaged in the church, but also helps the rest of the church. And then number four, get involved in an area that has serious need, um, not just the, the glamorous ones, not just the ones that have the up the front um, position, the glory, the honor, the praise, hallelujah, amen, forever and ever. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so, so those are those the four. Um, and really, those are the first four that we should do before you get into five. So don't come into this episode um, and just pick up this advice and go with it. Really invest in those first four before you move into what we're talking about today. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I forgot to say, this whole month, we're focusing on investing in your local church. So um, we're going to be continuing this sort of content uh, as we go down. So really exciting to be kicking it off with these Seven steps, because we're Seventh-day Adventists and everything ah! must be in sevens. It was actually a complete coincidence, but anyway. All right. Number five. Here we go. Number five. Make a plan. Mm. Mm, make a plan. So this is, um, might seem, well, I don't know. It might seem obvious, but no one no one ever does it. Um, and I, trust me, I've been... <laughs> At enough, I've seen enough ideas get presented in churches, and if people just wrote everything down in a plan beforehand, it would just be so much easier and better. Anyway, so write down exactly what you want to see happen in your church and why. Mm. That's the first thing. So really take some time and just think, okay, like maybe for example, um, you want the service time of your church to change. You're like, we meet at 11 o'clock. That's absolutely ridiculous. It's not attracting, like we want to attract uni students or whatever. They all sleep in. We need to be meeting mm. in the afternoon, whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so then you need to say, okay, I want our church to start meeting at four o'clock. You know, we have Sabbath school at three 30. I don't know. And then we're going to have, we're going to have a little break, 15 minutes and we're going to meet at four o'clock, have our church. And then every week I want to have dinner. Um, I'm happy to initiate running dinner and put together a team, whatever. Uh, and then like write it down and then write down why. Why mm. is this important? Mm. And yeah. try and think of it, honestly, from as many angles as you can. 
think about it like okay who would be your strongest opposer what would they say why would they say it why does it matter to them build up their argument as much as you can and then okay really think through okay so why do I still think this is important then go back to what you think and actually really think what's actually going to be best for the mission of your church Mm. yes um this is so important. I cannot <laughs> understate this enough. Like just taking time, it, you don't even have to, like it doesn't have to be in a great document or anything. You can just handwrite it. It doesn't matter, but just write it down. Um, and like it all has to come back to the mission of your church. If you can connect whatever change you want to do to how it actually better fulfills the mission of your church, mm. that is your key thing that you're focusing on if your church doesn't have a mission well that's the place to start <laughs> okay <laughs> our church needs a mission why here's what i think our mission should be um and why um i don't know like it that that to me is just so important yeah i think it's ironic that a lot of the time the church gets criticized for not really having a good plan or not being a good implementer of a strategy and I think one of the things that we can do to to shift that is by modeling it from the the, the bottom up. You know, I, I think when it comes to a lot of the ideas that get thrown around, especially in business meetings, um, I, I don't know how many times you've been in a business meeting and somebody just comes up with a random whack ball idea that you know they've just thought up on the spot and they get really <laughs> passionate about it. But you think, why are you passionate about this? You clearly just came up with this right on the spot. You haven't given it much thought. I don't know. I just, I, I don't, I don't respect that <laughs> as much, you know? Well, yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing. Like if you take time to write it down, it actually really make your idea stronger. And if you actually yeah. really think about it from as many angles as you can, even just in that time, you'll filter out your bad ideas in that time because you're like, I actually, yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense. Now that I think about it from that angle, it doesn't really work. And some um, pe- different people are different. People process things differently. Like maybe for some people, they bring these random ideas up in, in these meetings because they need to verbally process them. Like you're you're like that, Josh. You know, you, you process ideas verbally. Whereas absolutely. I, I process ideas internally. A lot of the times people get really weirded out because they'll ask me something and I'll just sit there thinking about it for a long time and then I'll come up with an answer. Like somebody um, came up to me this past weekend and asked me this question and I just said to them, I, I have no idea. I thought I thought about it for two days and then I messaged them back two days later saying, here's what I, here's what I think after processing it for two days. That's just what we have to do sometimes. Yeah. That's what I have to do. Oh, and that's the thing. Like I need to... I need to talk to people, like talk things through with people as well. Like, and maybe for you, what you need to do is just make a, make, like, write out the plan, but then actually talk it through with a couple of people before you take it anywhere. 100%. Just bounce it off some people if you're a verbal processor like me. Um, because that's the thing. Like, I'll have all these great ideas, but then to really get them to the point where they're a really good idea for everybody involved, I need to talk it out and just yeah. be like, what do you think of this? Why? You know, and they're, like and I like just as I talk, they don't even need to necessarily say anything. They just need to ask me questions back. Oh, and it just it's like my brain just begins to be like, Oh yes, that's what I do. I think about things. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot that I do that. So maybe instead of bringing the idea to your pastor or your elder or a church constituency meeting before thinking it through, take that time, um, talk to somebody you trust and work through the idea with a few people, maybe not just one person, but a few people that whose opinions you trust so that you can start to formulate that plan. Yeah. Um, and you can take it to your pastor before a meeting as well. I would just recommend, yeah, I guess we would just recommend take it to somebody else first. Yeah. Um, because to be honest, pastors have enough to think about. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so like... The better, the more prepared an idea is when you bring it to a pastor, um, sort of the better because then they have a chance to sort of, yeah, they'll think, oh wow, this is actually really serious. Um, this is cool. Yeah. I'm real. I'm willing to put more time into this because this yeah. looks really good and it makes a lot of sense. Um, and that's the thing. Like that, we just, we have a lot to think about as pastors, to be honest. So that's why it's not that your idea isn't important, but the more fleshed out it is, then it's sort of the less we have to think about it for you. Yeah. That means the more we can help take it to the next level to make it a reality. Yeah. If that yep. makes sense. 100%. Um, 
Yeah, so that, I guess that's just from a pastor's perspective. But even if you just take it to one person first and then take it to pastor, just take it to just make sure you just it's it's like a bit a bit well prepared. Um, yeah. So we're assuming so, we're assuming as well that you've already looked at your church and you've prayed about it and you're engaged and you're in yeah. the thick of things and you're involved in a ministry and you've identified what it is that needs to change. Yes, and why. Um, and why. and a really great things for you to do in this process as well in making the plan, um, do your research in it. Um, so that's research your church. Um, what's your church's history been like? If you, I mean, you, uh, yeah, you don't have to really look at the whole history, but just like where have you come from to arrive at this point? What are the gifts present mm. in your church? You have a lot of doctors in your church. That could be a sign. <laughs> um, you have a lot of teachers. You have a lot of, I don't know, trades, people, whatever it is. Um, what are the passions in your church? Mm. And then look into your local community, your local demographic and your target market even. Um, yeah. I, I say target market. It doesn't, it feels so like, doesn't your, feel like the right term. Your but target I guess, audience, perhaps. Yeah. The yeah. people you want to reach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, the more you can do research into that and add it into your plan, like if you think, hey, we need to start doing a Friday night program for teenagers because we have a really massive amount of teenagers in our community and most of them aren't church. So we need to make this program really unchurch kid friendly so that they can come and actually understand what's mm. happening. You know, that sort of thing. Absolutely. Um, and we've got a whole lot of people who are really good with teenagers and we have a whole lot of teenagers in our church too. So it's like, ah, it's all there. Yeah. Um, and you write it out. You really think, okay, this is what I want to be in the program. This is why we need to have that. This is why this is important. Um, as you actually write it down, and I'm really pushing you to write it down, and then you see it, um, it helps you actually really bring in the legitimate details necessary to make this a reality. It yeah. becomes more than just a half-baked idea in the back of your head that you think, oh, that'll be good to do one day at church. It yes. actually says, okay, this is what our church needs to do, and this is exactly why. And this is what it, I think it could look like. It doesn't necessarily. This isn't necessarily exactly what it's going to look like, but this is just from your perspective. And um, chances are, and chances are, if you're anything like Josh and I, you already have some stuff rolling around your head. You just need to put it down on paper. Like I have stuff that's constantly rolling around in my head. And the worst thing that you can do in that situation is allow it to continue to roll around in your head and not do anything about it. Because inevitably, it's like when you have that brilliant idea as you're about to go to bed and you think, oh, I'll remember it in the morning. And you inevitably, you never do. So... Yeah. <laughs> Get it on paper. Um, Absolutely. And could I also mention when you are pitching an idea, so you've, you're making up a plan and you're thinking, well, how am I going to present this? I've found generally that people respond to two things. People either respond to stories or they respond to data. So mm. there are people who it's all about the anecdotal evidence. So they're really, really keen on the anecdotal stuff, the stories, the, the case studies, the people. They, they want to hear about the people and the people who are being affected and the people who are in trouble and the people who are not getting what they need to get or the people that if only we could help them, it could change their lives. On the other hand, other people, so myself, this is, this is me, respond to data. They respond to, well, here are our demographics. Here are the people that aren't being reached. Here are some of the things that we could do. Here's some of the government funding that's available to us. Here's some of the church funding that's available to us. Here's the figures. Here's how it could happen. And wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. It's done. Like, you can see it. You can see it. Like, it's not just this foggy idea. You can see how it would work. Um, so that's just what I found. And generally, what, you, what I found is useful is we need to lead with one so if you are really into stories or you think that the people that you're pitching to are really going to resonate with the stories, lead with the stories and include the data. But if the people that you are pitching to are very analytical and they're very, you know, money and figures and that's their spiritual gift, lead with the data, throw in a story. Yeah. That, that's just what I found anyway. That's solid advice. I love that. Okay. So make a plan. So you've made your plan. You've got it all together. You've prayed over the plan um, as well, included in your research as well. Uh, if if there are, if there is sort of biblical ev evidence for what you're proposing, mm. um, I'm leaving this as sort of a side note because a lot of the stuff we do with church, you know, when there's not too much like biblical, <laughs> biblical like direct biblical uh, things to it. What am I saying? 
yeah, the Bible doesn't necessarily connect exactly to it. Um, but if there is a, yeah, a strong biblical foundation for what you want to do, even better, include that. Um, yeah. A lot of the time it's okay. biblical principles, not necessarily biblical specifics. Yeah. Perfect. That's it. Jesse knows what I'm talking about. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You got your fan. So you got your plan. You prayed over it. You've you've shared it around. You've made it even better. Okay. Now comes the time and you're going to probably hate me. Some of you will turn it off, throw the speaker out the window when you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> go to a business meeting. In fact, <laughs> I'm going to say to go <laughs> go to all the business meetings. <laughs> um but Josh, they're so and I boring. Know, uh, I know. There are probably so many people who are like, absolutely not. I thought we had a chance, but this is not happening. No, <laughs> business meetings are not meant to be scary. Um, if they are, you need to let them know because that is not how they are meant to be. They are supposed to be for everyone. Um, so it is a leader's responsibility to strive to make this a warm and caring environment. Yep. Okay? If your business meeting is not like that, you, you need to let someone know, to be honest. If it's a really harsh environment, they need to make changes. Whoever's chairing the meeting needs to work on that. Um, that's a side rant from a pastor's point of view. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Oh, yep. No, no, absolutely. I mean, look, that the reality is that there are business meetings. And I, I remember when I first got into ministry, I heard all the horror stories about the business meetings that absolutely became an uproar and there were punch-ups in the car park. and What? Yeah, no, the, apparently this literally happened in a church that I served at at one point in time many years ago. Um, that's the horror stories. Um, I know, I know that a lot of young people, especially when they go to business meetings, they feel, they feel judged. They feel like it's not a safe environment. And that is honestly something that we as church leaders need to be really intentional about weeding out that um, that sense of intimidation factor that a lot of young people have um, when it comes to business meetings. Um, so the onus is on us church leaders in a lot of this situation, but at the same time, just because something is hard and something's intimidating doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. I mean, if that was the case, then, you know, I mean, look, take it this way. If you have a job and you went to university and you um, went for job interviews and you did your exams at uni, you did something that was scary and intimidating and hard. So if you can do that, you can go to a business meeting. Is Absolutely. Yeah, that's the bottom line. So just because it's intimidating doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And just because it's intimidating doesn't mean that it's not possible for you to make a difference. Nice. Well said. Um, and that that's the thing. Like a business meeting, if you are a, a, like an actual baptized member of a church or, you know, professional faith whatever it is if your membership is at a church you actually should be going to a business meeting really like it's your right and it's your responsibility yeah i mean that's where that's where everything happens um and i like i do not say that as an overstatement it's actually where everything happens if you have a concern that the church is heading in the wrong way this is where you voice it and it's okay to voice it it's what it's for um if your church is about to blow a whole bunch of money on something and you don't think it'll work, you should say something. You should be at business meetings because that's where you're going to say this stuff. And that's where all of the plans, they have to go through the business meeting. The way our church is structured, that's how it works, at least in most of the churches. Yeah. Um, and so probably yours, dear listener. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and even if you're not... So we should also contextualize this for non-Adventists, if you're part of a, a church that doesn't have a business meeting, you might call it something else. You might call it a general meeting. You might call it a constituency meeting. Um, there are a whole bunch of names that we give these that we give these meetings and they all kind of mean the same thing. There are some churches and there are only a few churches that are like this that don't have this at all. Um, and in this situation, it might be a little bit more difficult for you to be able to um, engage with this particular Uh, concept but i think when it comes to what we talked about um last last point with making a plan i think it's still a really good idea to make a plan and present it to your church leadership if you don't have a constituency meeting so i thought i should just say that for those people who don't have this no really good really good um 
and like that's the thing you go to these meetings you have your say make sure you do it out of love and mission um not out of like just your own selfish desires which is kind of what the whole first four things was about um and yeah this is this is really like it's important that you attend business meetings and like i know you're probably thinking this is so old school i can't believe josh and jesse saying this but it's a reality if you want a church to get better Business meetings are where you, where you do it. Um, I remember, I remember um, being at a church and there there was this girl and she had this really great idea for something she wanted to do, and I said, "Well, you know, why don't you make it happen?" And then she's like, "I don't know how to make it happen." I'm like, "Well, just go to a business meeting," and then I, I said, "I'm chairing the next one, so just come along," and then I'll put it on the agenda. And she's like, "Oh, really?" I went, "Yep." And then she went. She had this idea for doing like a church picnic sort of thing. And then uh, it was like a church in the park, like taking the whole church and doing it outdoors. And she brought it up. And then I said, okay, meeting, what do you think? Should we do this? And everybody said, yes. They said, it's an amazing idea. We can't believe we haven't done this before. And it went through. And then she was like, wow, that's all you have to do. I'm like, yes. I mean, okay, not always, but yeah, that's <laughs> that's like how yeah. easy it is. And then after that, I think she goes to pretty much all the business meetings because she's like, oh, I want to actually be a part of this and be a part of what's happening. Yeah. And if, you know, if I have a good idea, this is where to share it and make it, literally make it happen. Um, that's right. Yeah. Because if you just try and go and do things yourself and it doesn't go through like a group, then you've got no one on your side. Um, yeah. And this is, this is really what's, actually pretty important about business meetings um is that you when it goes through and the group votes on it that is written down in the minutes and no matter what haters come and say whatever you can always say but it was approved in a business meeting i have the i have the business meetings right to do like i have the right to do this so like haters can't really hate (laughs) (laughs) that's right Um, i mean they can hate but they, they got no they got no weight behind their hate oh nice nice <laughs> rhymes <laughs> um, yeah but that's that's the thing like you, you, that's sort of what this is all for it's so that you've got people on your side uh, yeah. and so you really need to like you can't be scared of business meetings and I know like some are so boring it's like uh, like and they just seem to be about nothing yeah um, yeah um, but as well I mean you also have a right to say I don't think this should be on the business meeting agenda I think we should be talking <laughs> about more important things I guess you also have the right to say that Absolutely, absolutely. And on a very practical level, for those of you who just don't know, um, according to, in our faith tradition at least, um, at least a few weeks before the scheduled business meeting, the um, church leadership should advertise to the church, okay, this is the date, this is the time, this is the location. And then they should open up the agenda to agenda items. Now, not every time does an agenda item get on there. Like there might be some agenda items that the church leadership can say, well, no, we can sort this out in this this other arena. And um, if they're good church leaders, they should do that because I've we've all been part of business meetings where there's 300 items on the agenda <laughs> and it just goes forever and it's horrible. Yeah. Um, but if you have if you have something that you want to put on the agenda, you can just do it. You can, yeah. it's it's seriously that easy. You don't have to pull strings. You don't have to manipulate. You can just do it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like it shouldn't be that easy, but it actually just is. <laughs> yeah, it feels a bit weird. <laughs> but, um, but that's the thing. Now, I would say we've got our plan of what, like if you've got something that you want to change and you've made your plan, um, don't don't bring in your plan on the first business meeting you attend. Attend one or two business meetings at least first just to know, okay, what's the general conversation of the church about at the moment? Um, yeah. And I know that feels like, oh, but that takes so long. But like, on, honestly, I think it's worth it wor- uh, Worth it because then people say, oh, you actually care about our church? Yeah. Because um, a, lo- a lot of the time, people who go to business meetings, people who've been in the church for, you know, 50 years or whatever, they genuinely have shown that they actually care about the church. Yeah. Um, and as we said before, those are the people that when they say something, the pastor listens because they have mana, they have clout, you know, they, they actually have the, um, they've walked the walk and they've, they've talked the talk. Um, and we, yeah. I know for, for business meetings that I've been a part of, when you go to that business meeting and there's a specific agenda item that's going to be really, really controversial and you see a whole bunch of people turn up that never come to the business meeting, um, 
honestly, that's one of the biggest downers for for any any pasta, especially when it comes to those controversial items, because you know that these people don't actually care about the business of the church. They just care about this one thing. And they're coming there to make sure that either they have their voice known or that they have their vote known, which is often in in, in certain yeah. cases, the reality of the situation. So if you turn up and you're only turning up to, to present your plan and you're only turning up because of the thing that you care about, people are going to see through that pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I don't know. I think it's way more, I, I don't know. I just think it's so much better. If you, you're someone who you genuinely show that you care about the church, honestly, just being there, you make a whole lot of change just in being at the business meeting because all of a sudden yep. you have a voice. If you're like, hey, I don't think we should do a revelation seminar in the middle of town because we've done that for the last 10 years and it hasn't bore any fruit. Can we try something yeah. different? And you say that at a business meeting when they come to vote for it, people are like, oh, there's a new voice here. Oh, yeah. um, wh- what do you reckon? You know, yeah. like that's a huge culture shift for a lot of churches. Mm. Um, especially if you've done a bit, if you've seen what's on the agenda and you've done a bit of research beforehand, like, <laughs> and you come and say, hey, um, so I've noticed that actually, I don't know, you know, say something like a whole bunch of our town is actually illiterate. So us handing out literature evangelism <laughs> isn't very functional. All yeah. of a sudden people are like, oh, that actually makes heaps of sense. Well, maybe we should do literature classes in our church. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and, and again, it's like what we've been saying before. This is about inserting yourself into your church in such a way that people start to naturally look to you when, um, when it comes to... Um, hot topic issues or when it comes to making decisions you know it's it's about being engaged and being that person that people know oh well they're engaged they have a heartbeat on what's happening in the church they're leading the way in the culture and so we're going to respect what they have to say simply because of that yeah um and that's why it's so important like to actually make the time generally business meetings at a church they're probably only going to be like once a quarter some yeah. churches do them once a year, but I think that's... <laughs> you technically, you according to the church manual, and this is getting to the church manual, you only have to do them twice a year. Right. Okay. Well, there you go. So, at your church, it could only be twice a year. You, uh, but honestly, I would say commit the time. Like, it's worth it to have a decent say over changing something in your church. Yeah. Um, now, adding step five and say, okay, let's say you actually want to present your plan at a business meeting. Yeah. Um, okay, so you've prepared your plan. You've been to a few business meetings beforehand or a couple of business meetings beforehand. You sort of know how it goes and now you've gone, okay, I think it's time for me to present my new idea. Um, Jesse, do you want to run us through? Okay, so all of a sudden, it's in the agenda. What happens at the business meeting? What, are they, what do they need to expect? Mm. Well, first of all, um, you should expect for people to not... Um, understand you and not be on your side from the get-go. Um, yeah, they might not have actually read, like you might have think, like made your plan and put it out. It's been in the agenda, got sent out to people beforehand and some people will come and they just won't even have read it. Yeah, because maybe, maybe, they're at the, maybe they're at the business meeting just for their own thing. That's a possibility. Um, maybe they're at the business meeting because of, yeah, for a multitude of reasons. Yeah, so, or maybe they just didn't get the email so they genuinely didn't see it. Who knows? Absolutely. So at, at, the, at the beginning, I mean, it's easy to get disappointed and easy to get disillusioned right away if people don't immediately jump up and down and think that your idea is the best thing since sliced bread. Um, that is a, pit, a common pitfall that I see, especially with young people. And let's be honest, we have the reputation of not being super resilient. So if when it comes to that sort of thing, we need, and whether that's true or not, you know, we need to be able to show that we are resilient and that we're not willing to just give up when we get opposed. Mm. Um, so when it comes to presenting your idea, I mean, we already talked a little bit about the way that we present our ideas. I, I, I would definitely encourage you to figure out in the business meeting, maybe while the business meeting is going on or pre-think about what, is the best way to be able to present my idea or my plan to these people. Because when it comes to speaking the language of the people that you're presenting to, it's much more important to speak their language than to embrace your language. Um, I've seen this happen time and time again, where 
the person comes up to present their idea and they're using the terminology and they're using the arguments and they're using the wording that they find compelling, but they've failed to read the room. So reading mm. the room is really, really important. Um, if people are in a, in a, in a jovial, up, you know, fun, fun mood, throw in a few jokes um, to, to, to keep people in that mood. If people are feeling a little bit on edge because of maybe a previous agenda item or maybe because of your agenda item, be sensitive and reassure them that everything's going to be okay, that you love the church, that you don't want to destroy the church and that what you're suggesting is something that is really about helping the church to become better. Um, yeah, so that's those are some initial pointers. It's when you're conducting yourself as well, it's really important that you come off as, as positive and as encouraging and as not bashing the church because that's one of the biggest turnoffs for people when they think that you're just this young upstart coming in to just bash the church and, you know, have your own way. Uh, they're not, they're not going to be as willing to listen to you. Um, yeah, so those are just some very initial, initial thoughts. Uh, what do you yeah. think, Josh? Well, yeah, uh, and then so then you present your idea, yeah. uh, and then if your idea actually requires some action, um, it probably won't go exactly like they probably won't just say, okay, yeah, let's just move our whole church to meeting at four o'clock in the afternoon or something. Right. You know, they'll probably say, okay, well, um, you know, could we survey some people? Could we like you know do something? If you've already done, the more research you've done, the more prepared. Then the more they'll be willing to be like, oh, maybe we should just do this um, or trial it. Um, a great thing to do is offer to do a trial of whatever your idea is for yep. three months or something. Because then people know it's not permanent. A lot of people are willing to try new things as long as they know that if they don't like it, they can go back. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe like part of the punch of your idea of what you want to change, um, maybe it should just be like, can we try this for three months or something or six mm. months or try this just once, whatever it is, or a couple of times. Um and whatever your plan is, I would say have one thing that you're trying to mainly make a change to. Like try and change one thing at a time. Yeah. We yeah. didn't we didn't mention that before, but like your whole plan should really just be around changing one thing. Um, because if you try and say, okay, we need to change the worship, we need to change the preaching style, we need to start <laughs> videoing, we need a new stage, like all this stuff. It's just like, it's, it's great. And they're probably all good ideas, but you, you know, it's easy to just change one thing at a time yes. and it helps everybody else get on board with it too. 100%. Um, so yeah and I would say the best thing to do is say okay here's what I want to do here's the research behind it um, I'm willing to do it maybe even if you come and say I've put got a few names of people who I who would who've put their hand up and say they're willing to do it if the business meeting approves it um, we're happy to try it for six months and see how it goes or three months whatever it is yeah um, and then then comes the scary part they'll probably say that they might take a vote on it Mm. Um, you've got to open the room to feedback. Now, the thing about the feedback is some of the feedback could feel pretty harsh and it always feels harsh when people are, you know, uh, criticizing, critiquing an idea of yours. Um, but you need to be open because like some of these people might have something that you've missed mm. and it could be really vital information or a really vital part about the values of the church. Um, and this is actually a really good time to just, okay, take on board whatever you hear. Maybe some of it, it isn't very valid and you can rebut it right there and then. Yeah. Um, but other stuff, just be willing to say, okay, that's interesting. Um, I'd like to look into that or something. Um, be Sometimes. open about this and be humble about it. It's I know it's really hard. Uh, this is always the hardest part. But yeah, I, I, there's there could be some really valuable stuff that people say when the floor gets opened. Yeah. And, and sometimes the best thing that you can say is, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing your opinion. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and nothing else because a lot of the time mm. you want, you're really tempted to bite back yeah. or you're really tempted to be right because you want to be right and guess what? So does the other person. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so sometimes the best thing that you can do is to resist the temptation to be right and even if what somebody says is ridiculous, I mean, there's, there's obviously a line that you have to draw there. Um, if so, something that somebody says is completely bizarro and, and off track, then maybe that needs to be addressed. But chances are sometimes if what somebody is saying is totally crazy or totally vindictive, the pastor or whoever's chairing the meeting will step in. But sometimes 
it's just easier to say thank you for sharing and move on because the more that you draw attention to the bizarro thing, the more people will dwell on it. It's like when you're public speaking and you make a mistake, um, a lot of people make the mistake of making a joke out of it or making it funny or dwelling on it when the best thing you can do is move on and pretend like it didn't happen. Good advice. Good advice. Um, and so, yeah, be, be open to hear whatever people have to say about your idea because maybe they've got a point, to be honest. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, this is a really valid time. Maybe you need to write some stuff down. But, you know, there is always a pretty good chance. I mean, if you've done everything we've said before this, chances are the church is going to be loving you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to be yeah. like, you have been awesome. You've been serving. You've been at the business meetings. You've been just so awesome for our church. They're probably going to, you know, there's probably going to be a whole lot of people who are going to say, you know what, we love you. And this idea might seem a bit weird and wacky and new to us, but we are, we're willing to give it a go because we trust you. Yeah. Um, there's a really high chance really the that. biggest thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, trust is, you can only ever move a church at the speed of trust. Yeah. Oh, that's, talk about a tweetable response, man. That's awesome. Oh, thanks, dude. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I should write this in there somewhere. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's true though. Like you can't move faster than when, than how much they trust you. So yeah. All right. Um, um, there is one more thing that you should be prepared for, um, and you you did mention it before, but there is a possibility that at the end of your pitch, people will be sort of on board, but they won't be with you fully, and they'll say something along the lines of, "Okay, well, let's look into it, and let's appoint a team or a committee." to oh, look yeah. at this further yeah, and good. that can be sometimes a little bit of a buzzkill like to be honest because you think oh well it's going to be death by committee and and that is a reality sometimes but if you have if you think that might be a possibility um have some people in mind um say okay well i'm happy to chair a team to look into this and um, we'll have Bill and we'll have Judy and we'll have Samantha and what do you think about that? And then you might be able to give the, church, the, the, the meeting an opportunity to elect some of their own people um, if they feel like that's going to be um, to give them some security. Um, uh, otherwise, stack the committee with people that are going to agree with you. Not jokes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but st stack the committee with people that you know you can work with if you if you are able to have that sort of influence and to be able to say, these are the people that I want to work with. Um, so, yeah, that, that's just something I would suggest because that is, that is unfortunately a reality of something that we have to, we have to be aware of, we have to work with is sometimes people are willing to come on board but they're only willing to come on board once they've had a little bit more time to think or once they've had a group of independent not researchers but people who are willing to look into it and to present the idea um, as good from their perspective yeah uh yeah so that can happen sometimes it's yeah but um just work with it honestly it's it's a step in the right direction even though it might feel weird and yeah. just be grateful that you've got a step in the right direction <laughs> Absolutely. Um, cool. So I think that's everything on the business meeting. Um, and yeah. then finally, the final step is repeat. <laughs> <laughs> so many people are probably just like, Josh, I want to punch you in the face right now. But <laughs> that's not a final step. That's just... <laughs> it is a final step because you need to be prepared. Like you might do all this stuff for a year and then at the end of the year, you'd be like, oh, like nothing even changed. We did all this and now all I've got is a co committee or something, you know, who's going to look at the possibility of changing the stage. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but... You know, at least now, you, I guarantee if you do all of this stuff for a year, you will make some sort of progress. Yeah. Some sort. I don't know what it'll look like because it depends on your idea and how it goes and what your church is like. I don't know. You know what, though? As I think about this, what I think really what we're doing is we're not... Your plan might be to stay, change the stage or to change up the worship style or to start an outreach or something. But really, at the heart of it, you're not doing just that one thing what you're trying to do is change the culture of your church. Absolutely. And that is something that takes a long time to do. 
change the culture of anything takes a long time. Your school, your workplace, your marriage, um, your friendships and stuff like that. It's a long-term grind. And it is a grind sometimes. It feels like you're not making any progress. But let me assure you that if you keep plugging at it over time, you can change it. And that's why this last step is so important because you can't just do this and think, okay, I'm going to get this all done in a year and then by the end of the year, the church will be transformed and everything will have changed and all my dreams will have come through and I'll have won the lotto and I'll be a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's, it would be lovely, but uh, the reality is this, this is a process that takes repeating and as well, getting more people in on this process too, like you might do it for the first year and then after first year, people see that you're actually making a little bit of progress. Mm. Then you can say, hey, well, I got these seven steps from Burn the Haystack. <laughs> you should check out the blog too. But I oh, whatever, you know. Um, and then, I don't know, but getting more people on board with this sort of thing too, you'll actually quickly change the culture Yeah. if you get more people on board. Um, but you need to be prepared to do it all again and keep doing it, this. And then over time, you will bring change. I guarantee yep. it. Um, yeah. it's, it's pretty much, it has, things have to change if you're doing this sort of stuff. Um, yep. And then it might not change everything in one go, but as long as you continue, um, it will continue to impact those things around you and things will gradually change. And, and here's, look, let's, let's think about worst case scenario. Let's think you tried all this, you did all this, and then absolutely nothing happened. That may be a sign that it's not worth the fight. Um, and, and I hate to say this, um, but there could be the possibility that the church or the faith community that you're a part of is just so closed off to change and so closed off to any idea um, that you have that it might be a wake-up call for you to go, maybe it's time to look for a new faith community to be a part of, or maybe I should start something else. Like that's worst case scenario. At the very worst, Maybe if you do all this and still nothing, absolutely nothing happens after a year or two, maybe that's an I would indication. Say even after like three years or something, I wouldn't say after the first year nothing happens and then you okay. change church. Like. Maybe maybe three years. All right, yeah, <laughs> yeah fair yeah. enough. Um, yeah, So that, but that's worst case scenario because guaranteed there will be some changes that will be, that will be made. Um, but yeah, may, maybe because here's the thing, healthy things grow and if you're changing your church culture to be more healthy over time, then things will grow, things will pick up, things will happen. And if nothing is growing, then maybe it's an indication after three years or so that the ground is dead. Maybe, yeah. And that's reality. But the thing is, this is so important. Like for us, like Jesus is the hope of humanity and the church is like the beacon pointing to him. And so we need to get this as great as we can to point as many people to Jesus. We want to mm. pour everything we can into getting this right. That's why it matters. I know it sounds like a lot of hard work, what we're saying, but this stuff really matters. And when the church is functioning well, amazing things happen. Amen. Um, so that's why I think this is so important. I mean, you just have to read a bit of like the first few chapters of Acts and you'll be like, I want that. Mm. Um, and that's what we're really pushing for here is that we want to see churches that are not just like floating but actually like sailing and thriving um mm. and I, the only way we're going to do that is if people actually get into it and like really try and make change and be be there for a while be willing to repeat all of this stuff keep praying about it keep attending keep sitting in the front keep getting involved keep making plans keep going to business meetings <laughs> um and then just be ready to do it all again like because you actually care so much about the mission of the church. That's what this is all about. It's not about our preferences. It's actually about being missional. And above all else, at least for me, I hope that what this, um, this, these two conversations have uh, illuminated for you is that change really does happen from the, from the ground up. It doesn't just have to happen with your pastor. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking as a pastor, sometimes you're you feel like you're in the worst position to enact change um when it comes to certain things true <laughs> that's not always the case but it, it is sometimes the case um we are after all um shepherds we are caretakers and and ultimately one day um we will move on we're not here forever but for those of you who are involved in your local church and you can see yourself involved in your local church for you know a good couple of years to come 
you have a great opportunity to be able to enact change and you have the luxury of time and you have the luxury of being able to wear down <laughs> wear yep. the people down over time <laughs> <laughs> it's like the persistent widow yeah that. exactly yeah. exactly yeah. yeah yeah um so anyway yeah let us know what you think of um of these seven steps that we've shared um We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, you know, if you need encouragement with them, just let us know. Or if you need more ideas or want some help with some research or whatever, just reach out. Because um, we're so, yeah, we want to see more people actually getting in on this. Because yeah. I, I get really frustrated if I go to, you know, a business meeting and the only people there are just the people in the 60s plus and my church has got a bigger age range, age range than that. I get frustrated because I'm like, well, no, this is for everybody. Um, mm. it's not just that these people who get to have a say, it's actually all of us. So this is why, I mean, I just, yeah, I really believe if we can start doing this stuff, we will see some amazing churches mm. and we will see some amazing changes and some churches will pop up and start doing incredible things. Yeah. So 100%. yeah, let us know. We need to know everything. Talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> Talk <Yeah>. to us. <laughs> We're so lonely. Anyway, um, but yeah, if you guys would like to talk to us, the best way to do that is to reach out um, in our Facebook community. Um, go to Facebook and just type in Burn the Haystack community and you'll find it. Join with the um, secret password, Poppy Gloria. Poppy and you Gloria! Can, <laughs> and you can engage with us on, uh, yeah, this episode, any other episode or any idea or whatever you'd like to share. It's just an awesome, safe space. It's a safe space um, <laughs> for us to be able to to share our hearts and to, to be able to interact with you guys, our um, our audience. So that's cool. Yeah, and even if you want to talk about this episode, but it's like three years from when we released it, that's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> we want to, it doesn't matter. Just make sure you let us know what episode you're talking about because if we're still recording, then that will be a lot of episodes. That will be. But yeah, wow. but um, for all things Burn the Haystack, go to burnthehaystack.org. That's mm-hmm. where links to everything is. Uh, um, and you, you can send us an email through there as well. That's that's totally viable. Yeah. And also, um, hopefully, this should be posted up as a blog on there too, these seven steps and a bit of information about them Yeah. Um, sometime in the near future. So check out, the, check out the social media accounts for all the links to the blog posts or just go to burnthehaystack.org slash blog, I believe is the link. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't... T- <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool yeah um and also if you haven't already subscribed hit that subscribe button just smash it it's free it's free and that's a and that's a great price <laughs> and um also if you could if you would like to help us grow um just leave us a rating or a review on your podcasting app of choice itunes in particular super helpful and we appreciate it if you would do that thank you so much absolutely we love you keep going you can do it that is josh and jesse out